Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Street Smart Spirituality Hour with me, Dr. Pat Basile. This is part of the Dr. Pat Show and all that we're doing to bring you quality programming, programming that is directed and geared at uplifting and inspire you to live life full out. Today's show is by far one of the most interesting and exciting shows that I think we've done so far here on BBS. And I want to introduce you, if you don't know him already, I want to introduce you to uh, John English, a teacher, an international speaker, entrepreneur, shamanic healer, and his, his, the body of his essence is deeply rooted in activating the power of the human spirit to dream and to live. He's an award-winning author, the author of the book, The Shift and Awakening. And, uh, you know, we've got much to talk about today, but today... He's got a new book that he's writing, and we are honored to be able to bring to you a conversation about that book. We're also going to open up the phone lines because one of the amazing things that John does is connect uh, you with uh, what is divinely yours to know in this world. He is available for readings, and we'll be giving out more of his website information and all of that. John, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, well, it's my pleasure to be with you again, Pat. It's wonderful. It's always, it's always a charge to, to have a conversation with you. I want to start the uh, conversation um, with a, just a brief conversation about your, your award-winning book, The Shift. And I, I really think that uh, your story is wonderful, and I w- would love to have people hear from you about what it means to have an awakening and how your life has been transformed. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, my book, The Shift and Awakening, is about the power of each of us individually and how when we connect with spirit and decide that we want to embark on the path of destiny for this lifetime, we then have an infinite amount of power available to us. and. Uh, one of the, the lead character in the book decides that he is tired of the way that things are going politically, and he, he decides to do something about it. And a group of people join him, and together they walk the hero's journey and start a new political movement in America, one that ushers in environmental sanity and a return to reciprocity. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what the what the book The Shift is about. It's a very mystical book. It's about having an awakening as you are walking the hero's journey or the hero, the awakening that takes place while we're walking the hero's journey. And they all practice the concept that you talked about in my bio of dreaming the world into being. And that is about holding an intention and surrounding it with good heart-centered energy and walking the path to manifest it in this reality, in our world. And how would I describe an awakening? I think I would describe an awakening that there is something that yearns within us for something more, that we realize that there is something missing in our lives. And we begin a spiritual search for what that is missing in our lives. And when we have the awakening is when we realize that that which was within us that was causing us to embark on that search is what we actually find. 
So that's kind of how I would describe an awakening. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because I think it's going to set the stage um, for you know the conversation we're going to have about the sacred masculine. And uh, and, I, and I want to say this, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people, John, and I know you do as well. And uh, you know, there seems to be this contrast of energy, just just vibrating across the planet right now. You know, on the one hand, we're seeing just magnificence. People like you writing a book that's called The Shift, really asking for so much more. And the other end of that spectrum is just absolute, uh, without question, um, what I would call masculine energy in in the name of, of violence through, you know, peace through violence. What do you make of all of this? Well, the first thing that happened, um, you know, as I began to explore masculine energy and what it is, is I, I, I refer to that energy that you're speaking of as masculine energy run amok. Or <laughs> <clears throat> it's actually energy that is more evil than it is masculine. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was able to really get clear on that. And I think that we're really seeing the extremes of duality right now. Yes. We're involved in this massive spiritual awakening where, you know, people are just really casting off everything that doesn't suit them anymore and everything that has made them miserable. And I think what's going on is actually that these other things that we've been talking about, that you're the other side of the duality picture, the violence and the wars and everything like that, have been going on for a long time. But now they are in such stark contrast, as you mentioned, because of this awakening, because to the people that are living the life of, of an awakening in their own lives and they're, they're walking with spirit or, their, or God or however you want to put it, the universe, they can't even imagine living a life like that anymore. Yes. And it's probably the same on the other side of the fence, where the people who are caught up in living in a hostile universe versus a benign universe that conspires on our behalf. When they're caught up in living in a hostile universe, the universe always gives us what we want, and it just gives them more of the same. And that is in, you know, they can't imagine living life the other way. They can't imagine living in a benign universe. So we have this great, um, these polar opposites going on right now, which is really quite fascinating and interesting to be here at this time it it is and for those of you just tuning in uh you're listening to street smart spirituality hour with me dr pat basili and uh this is part of the dr pat show i'm here with john english a teacher award-winning author and an amazing individual and you know john i I wonder if you would take a journey with me you want you want to take a little journey with me for a minute sure now let's ask about the question let's look and explore the idea of dreaming what would someone that's at the the far end of the spectrum, the vibration that uh, we're talking about, the sacred, what do they dream of? And what do the folks at the other end of the spectrum, what do they dream? Hmm. Well, at the... I bet you're wondering, she must have stayed up late last night to come up with these questions. <laughs> I'm wondering where you came up with this one. <laughs> um, it's very good. It, I would say that Dreaming goes in stages, and at first we begin to realize that we have the power to create our own lives, and we give ourselves permission to move into that. And then 
we move through that and we, we work with dreaming and creating our own lives and creating the, the beauty that we want in our lives. And then after a while, we continue to raise our level of consciousness. And eventually we raise it to the point where we hold a dream for the planet. So someone who has awakened to the levels that you, that you mentioned, they are holding a dream for this planet. And they're holding a dream for, for the way that this whole experiment and duality is going to work out. So that would be on the one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, I think they dream about survival. And um, that's, a, that's a really good point. I, I mean, I totally got that when you just said it. Yeah, it just came through right now. It just came through. I mean, I, I just, that, that hit me right between the eye right there. I was wondering how I was going to answer the question, and there it came. So, and there it is. Yeah, I think they just dream about survival. Now, let's take a look at this, okay? Being the researcher that I am and, uh, and, and being the, the, uh, the, uh, the individual that you are, the teacher, the speaker, the healer, if on one end of the spectrum we're dreaming about uh, uh, this idea of survival and on the other end, the polar opposite, what the heck are the people in the middle doing? Um, trying to walk the line. <laughs> that has become harder and harder for people to do. I know uh, being in my healing practice, I've noticed for you know, quite a few years now that people will sit on the fence and sitting on the fence has become more and more painful for people. Oh, it's it's a it's a horrible place to be right now. So I think that the people that are in the middle vacillate back and forth between yes, I do create my own life, no, I'm a victim. Yes, I do create my own life, but there's these outside forces that are constantly affecting me. So they vacillate back and forth between that. Actually, John, don't you agree that folks that are kind of back and forth in that middle space are actually in a more difficult place than those that are on either end? I mean, if you are in the survival mode, you are really clear about where you are in your life. Yeah. You I know would, what your agenda is and you know what you're going to do. I would have to agree that I, from what I've seen is people that are in that place are are in a much harder place than the people that are in the survival mode because... You know, many writings and teachings talk about the bliss of heaven being a hair, a hair away from the depth of hell. And it is a circle. So a person can jump or move on that circle from that survival mode into bliss. And if you're stuck in the center, you can't de decide which way you want to go, or you're just like a leaf being blown in the wind from one side to the other, then um, you're in a different space than the person who's in survival. And I, I've seen several people, as I'm sure you have, Dr. Pat, switch from that survival mode to being awakened. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, and, and can cannot really pinpoint, John, I, I don't know about your personal story, but cannot really pinpoint the the subconscious or the, or the conscious transformation. They can point to an event in their life. Yeah. Like I know there are different points in time in my life. Do you, can you can you think about a time in your life that you know something happened and there you are? Yep. I yep. think that's what people relate to. They can point to a circumstance in the outer world, but what is it going to take for them to feel that energy that goes on inside? Um, I think some kind of decision or some kind of. For me, I had no hope. 
And when I realized that I had no hope, mm. then all of a sudden I got in touch with that part inside of me. Mm. And look that, at you now. Yeah, that is the part that is everything, you know. So I think that it's usually there's usually some kind of event that's in a catalyst that's a catalyst and and that that usually happens for people and it can be the result of um, 30 years of prayers of other people praying for them. It can be the re it's the result of the mystics holding a dream for the whole planet. Now let's talk a little bit, John, about you know the work that you do with folks. I think it would be really important, especially before we really get into the sacred masculine, to to have a conversation about your journey, what has led you to this point, and what some of the, the you know what what, what the, the consultations are about, the the ones that you do with individuals, because I think that's so important, especially for people that are listening to this show and say, wow, I want more of what he's got. Well, I appreciate that. I. I've, I've been on a spiritual path for, I don't know, quite some time, like 12 years, and it just really started as a friend of mine and I saying, hey, I wonder if we can completely eliminate fear from our lives. Oh, I love that. Let's give it a try. And two weeks later, I met a shaman, and he started to teach me. So that's kind of how I got started on the shamanic path, but I had a long background in spirituality and self-help and things like that, and also visualization, goal setting, all of these different kinds of things. And what I do in my sessions is I tell people that I help them change things. That's really the easiest way for me to describe the work that, the, that I do. And what the shaman does is work with energy. And energy informs matter, all matter. And what the shaman does is look for the energetic field within consciousness itself, the totality of consciousness itself, that is manifesting in the person's life as a negative pattern, as a physical illness, as, um, you know, any different kind of host of different problems that a person has, allergies, you know, I mean, it just goes up, can't find the right mate. I always tell people that a lot of what I work on is uh, finance, romance and finance. Yes. Um, you know, can't seem to get abundance in their life. All of those things exist as energy. And what the shaman does is he or she tracks that, that energy and facilitates a removal or a transformation, you know, also working with the client on that. And we're going to take some calls here today on bbsradio.com. I want to invite each and every one of you that are listening to this, if you've got a question, if you want to experience firsthand what it's like to get some assistance to kind of to move the dial a bit in your life, you can do it right now and through throughout this show uh, at one eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven. That's eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven. Folks are standing by the phones. If you want to chime in, if you want John to uh, to talk with you and and help you remove a few blocks, you know, John. I, I mean, the sacred masculine. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's the, yes, and uh, I love the subtitle, How to Heal the Action in All of Us. Uh, the Divine Feminine, now the Sacred Masculine. Let's have a conversation about this, because I, it doesn't matter, I don't believe, John, if, whether you're a man or a woman. We have both the masculine and feminine. Exactly. And my masculine could be as ornery as your masculine, <laughs> right? Well, you're feminine, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to, to write a book about this. Well, I had an experience um, 
Well, first off, I was, you know, grew up a very masculine person. I mean, I'm a man, and I was programmed with our cultural programming that all little boys get and all young men get. And I grew up um, figuring out that if I, <clears throat> excuse me, if I set an intention, then I embark on a path of action to fulfill that outcome. And, you know, especially when it comes to things where we make excuses like business and some other areas, if anybody gets in my way, well, I just run them over and just say, hey, that's business. There you go. Um, you know, so I just kind of had that programming. And then I was in the uh, Peruvian, the shamanism that I was in, initiated into is Peruvian, Peruvian, and it's very feminine. And that's also uh, the shamanism that I teach. And that was very feminine. All the archetypes are mother-sister. Um, it's all about Pachamama, which is Mother Earth. So it was a very feminine tradition. And then what happened is I kind of denied my masculine side. I kind of beat up on it for all the things that I did wrong and for all the things that have happened on the planet as a result of the masculine energy run amok that we've talked about. And I was in a Lakota ceremony called the Anipi, which is the, commonly referred to as the sweat lodge. And in this sweat lodge, some of your listeners might have heard of it, um, you know, it gets really, really hot in there. Yes, it does. And I was suffering very badly, and I left my body and went to the Garden of Eden. And I met the Earth Mother there. But I did not feel worthy to look into her face. And then the round ended, and I went back in the next round, and finally I mustered up the courage to look into, my fa into her face, and it was my wife. Mm. Of... Um, 20-some years at the time. Oh, my goodness. What was your response to that? I mean, you know, I've been in sweats, and, and uh, uh, a silly question I should ask because I, I don't know about you, but, it, you know, once you've, you've come out of your body, you know, what would a response even, even seem like? Well, what happened is I was overwhelmed with guilt and shame oh. for every bad action, every misguided action, I should say, not bad, but every misguided action towards the feminine, every ill thought, every domination, you know, all these different things, all the ways that I had misused my masculine power, I was overwhelmed with guilt and shame for it, when in an instant, she cleansed me of it with this unconditional love that is the divine feminine. And obviously, Pat, Dr. Pat, I came away from that experience a completely changed person. And um, I set out on a journey to balance my masculine and my feminine side and to find out, um, you know, what masculine energy really is. And, and um, I just intuitively knew that if there's a divine feminine, there has to be a sacred masculine. You know, John, thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, what I think you're talking about is uh is more than sitting down and exploring the question who am i yes it's it's more like not only who am i but who do i want to be and what do i have to reconstruct to get there and also how am i put together how am i put together because you said you know we all have, as you alluded as you said we all have a feminine and a masculine principle and then what happened after that is i was Working on how treacherous, I should say is the right word, it is to walk the path of power. And 
I mean, to really walk the path of power. All this talk about that we are a part of God or the Great Spirit, not apart from. And so, good. Well, let's use that power. And what I was working with was how hard it was to walk that path. And, and it, when I would meditate on it and look in my mind's eye, I would see this path that was as thin as a razor blade. I mean, to stay on it, to stay on it and keep your actions impeccable mm -hmm. and to keep your integrity in all of these things. I was seeing that path as wide as a razor blade. Oh, yeah, but wow. The, but at the time, I was really focusing on keeping my actions and my intentions and things heart-centered when it came to using the power. And I had another experience when I was in North Carolina at the Mount Pisgah Inn, actually, on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I was with my wife. And we were actually taking a few days off after a workshop I did out there. And I was drawn into the mountain, and I met the goddess of the mountain. And she told me that they had been watching me, and they meaning the feminine. And that as long as I keep my actions and my intentions and my actions heart-centered, that they, meaning the feminine, would make that path of power I was that I was working with as as real wide and broad and in my mind's eye i saw something that looked like a bike path as wide as a bike path and it even had guardrails on it in case it got too close to <laughs> and that's kind of were the two real turning point experiences and i just set out to have my action my intentions and actions be heart-centered and that's kind of how I got involved in working with the sacred masculine. Well, you know, the the second part of the title, How to Heal the Action in All of Us, I, I mean, that is worth a conversation. Yeah. Because how to heal the wound, how to heal this, no, but how to heal the action. That is, uh, philosophically, it opens so many doors. And I would love to hear from you, John, why the action? Well, it is our, you know, we live in duality. So um, many times we have thoughts and feelings and emotions that go with the, being in this soup that we're in, in, in duality. <clears throat> and sometimes we follow through on some of those that aren't such a good idea yeah. as we find in hindsight. And we embark in action that is um, not heart-centered, that, that harms other people, that... Um, you know, it doesn't turn out the way that we had intended. And that can lead to guilt and shame And for, for all of us. And guilt and shame, if you check Dr. Hawkins' scale of consciousness, are like the two lowest vibrations. Yeah, it's and, totally toxic. Yeah, it, it is. It's really toxic and just draws more energies to you that are the same vibe of like vibration. So um, what we need to do is, you know, release all that guilt and shame surrounding our misguided actions and set an overall intention to be of service and to heal and to, you know, and this goes for everyone. Even if you work for a company that, you know, what you do is you work your job to provide for your family. You can still make working that job about providing for your family. And that's a heart-centered intention and, and action. And, and so I just went through and started to, Oh, you know, this is really embodied in what we talked about on one of your other programs, the medicine wheel, in the west direction. Yes. And what, when we heal the action, with it, when we heal our act, we own our own shadow. 
and we we own the way that we own the different ways that we are kind of susceptible to moving into the wrong kind of actions. And when we own and we realize the ways that we are kind of susceptible to moving into the wrong kind of actions, then we know ourselves. And when we know ourselves, then we can truly trust ourselves with the power, and that's how we can heal it. What, John, what is what do you think spirit is uh, is is kind of hovering and thinking and watching us and you know looking at us in the question all of the time, but most of the time, you know, looking at how we deny ourselves our birthright to live the lives that we desire. Well, I think. Um their spirits sitting that wake up, wake up, wake up, wake, wake up. up. <laughs> How hard do I have to hit you so you yeah. get the message, you know? Well, I mean, that's the rub, you know? Yes. We got free will. That's we right. Were given, we, were, we were rubbed so much that we were given free will and allowed to incarnate in this beautiful place where you can taste, where you can touch, where you can smell where you can feel things and still have that connection to the, div- to, to the divine. So to experience your divinity and physica- physicality is a great gift. And I think as spirit watches us, um, you know, I think that they try to remind us of that. I, you know, I don't know about you, but it's kind of like things that go bump in the night. Uh, when I've been off my path and, you know, trying to control instead of, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to do these things, you do these other things, it is like a bump in the night. It's like you can bump into some scary situations in this world, yeah. some things that you've not ever thought that you would ever encounter. And so we get to be that place of choice. Now, let's take the sacred masculine in that situation. I don't know about you, but there have been some points in my life where I've had a response that I don't even want to share on the radio, and mm-hmm. other, you know, other other responses have been very different. Yeah. How does the sacred masculine respond to trauma and devastation in one's life? Well, I I would say that every master knows that he or she created everything in their lives, every last thing whether they're conscious of it or not. So the way that the sacred masculine would respond to that would be to actually move to the source of where the sacred masculine comes from, which is the divine feminine, Mm. and receive, and go into a mode where we receive, and we receive direction, we receive knowledge about why this is going on in our lives. And, you know, receive in in even the bigger sense, isn't it? To really receive the gift that is divinely ours. Yes. Which is the power to be able to really let go. Yeah. And clear the path energetically. I mean, you mentioned earlier um, uh, the fact that guilt and shame were kind of down at the bottom rung of the vibrational scale. (laughs) And yet here we are in a world where... Some spiritual practices, you know, say we're born of this. We're born of sin. Yeah. How do we shed that heaviness, that crust of guilt and shame that is so embedded in ourselves generation over generation over generation? 
Well, I think what we can do is just look at the birth of guilt and shame. And what that is, is guilt is actually an archer's term. And so is sin. Sin means to miss the mark. And guilt means to readjust, <clears throat> excuse me, readjust your aim. So 2,000, 3,000 years ago, when these phrases were first used uh, in, in the spiritual path, they were taken within that context. I missed the mark. Okay, I will readjust my aim. Everybody knew what archers' terms were because that was the major, one of the major weapons of the time and also the way that people hunted. Mm-hmm, right. So they were taken within that context. But as people began on a path of misguided masculine energy in trying to control other people, um, the wrong kind of energy entered into the picture or I should say a different kind of energy of a low frequency, entered into the picture and turned guilt and shame into these oppressive emotional feelings and, you know, um, thoughts and everything else that we have today. If you were around 3,000 years ago and um, your teacher told you it was a time to apply a little guilt, he meant to adjust your aim not beat yourself up and rage <laughs> yourself and all the other things that we do now. It's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, Huge. And Huge. Thousands of years of programming, Dr. Pat. Thousands uh, of years of programming. I, I'm just in awe how thousands of years of programming and how quickly uh, that primitive nature of who we are rises to the surface to have us create actions that are really horrific yeah. in the world. Uh, and, you know, what I want to ask you about is, again, the sacred masculine. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm here with John English, teacher, inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, shamanic healer. And uh, I want to be able to give out your website right now, John, because uh, you are available to work with people one-on-one. Yes, I am. And uh, the best way, I believe, it would be to contact you through your website. Would that be it? Yes. Yeah, that's the best way. Okay, let's give that out right now. It's www dot dt for dreamtime dt publications.com uh and you know and and this is really an invitation for everyone out there if you want to get some insight into where you are in your life and uh find out some answers uh, john will certainly help facilitate that if you want to do that during this show right now the number is one eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven that's eight seven seven eight seven six five two two seven and we'll see if we can't get your question on air uh, John, in, in, you know, you've traveled and you've done so many things. And uh, I, I've got to ask you, what are the burning questions for people right now? What are the questions that are really up in their face? In your language, what are the questions that are ready to, uh, you know, to, to heal the action? Well, the first, the first a question that I get from uh, the majority of people who are you know, like you and I, who seek to live a conscious life and want to bring beauty into this world and to be beauty in this world and to see the world, um, see this place live to its potential, is, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And, and I always say that to turn this thing around that we're involved in, when you consider all the different issues that we have, uh, climate change and global warming and the geopolitical things going on and, you know, um, popu- you know, the results of population and consumerism and things like this is that it's going to take action. It's going to take some action. 
but it's going to take action of a, of a different variety. And that's what I talk about with the sacred masculine. The sacred masculine, so your listeners understand, is just simply intention and actions that are heart-centered, that are heart-centered, that desire to bring harm to no one, and their intention is about service. And also, what I found, Dr. Pat, is that one of the main um, ways that we can stay in sacred masculine energy is to have no attachment to outcome. To have no attachment to outcome. I think that's one of the hardest, hardest concepts and, um, and actually uh, actions for people to deliver. Yeah, it, it is that's a, a toughie for folks. It is, it is tough, but when we realize that when we let go of the outcome so many times, the universe has more in store for us than we were trying to initially create anyways. I agree. I mean, I, we just went through that with the show. Yeah. I, we thought we had a particular plan, and we thought that we were, you know, we were on track, and we were going to be in this market and that market, and uh, our intention was always set to reach millions of people all over the planet to have conversations like this so that each person can be uplifted and inspired to do exactly what you're saying, to heal the action and live the lives they want to live. It wasn't until we absolutely let go of the idea of how that was going to manifest did it truly manifest, and manifested in a totally different way. And something that was better than what you had originally intended, I imagine. So much better, because our original intention was that, you know, we would stay an independent show and buy uh, various hours of radio time across the country, which is an enormous investment. Uh And here a network showed up who already had five stations, six stations in different parts of the country for a a tenth of what it would have cost us. And there is spirit. (laughs) That's like, for me, I just wanted to write this book, The Shift and Awakening. That's right. I wanted, to, I wanted to study shamanism and walk the path of the shaman, but I wasn't in, you know, when they came to me and told me that I should learn to work with other people, that they thought I had uh, the healer's heart, I said, oh, no, 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 you got the wrong guy. And when, you know, I just really wanted to walk the path of the shaman and write this book, and here it turns out that, you know, spirit had so much more in mind for me. I mean, I'm speaking, I'm teaching, I'm traveling around the country and getting to teach and writing other books. And, you know, the healing work has has been a way for provided the, the abundance for me to do that. John, I love doing it. Too, uh, of so. course you do, and you do it so well. And, you know, in all of the traveling that you're doing, you know, what are you running into in terms of what I call resistance? Well, the biggest resistance that I run into when I when it comes to talking about the sacred masculine yes. is that people have, you know, their response is that well, men have been in control long enough and you you guys have just messed everything up and I think it's time that you turn it over to us ladies for a while. And, you know, that's probably the biggest resistance that I get and that is um you know, just a lack of knowledge about what masculine energy is and that it exists within all of us. Um, so the, the masculine gets blamed for the, the problems that we have now, whereas really it's misguided masculine energy. It's, it's, and it's masculine energy that's in, in everyone. And, and let me ask you this. Don't you believe that there is the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine? Yes. Um, isn't there, in using your analogy, 
as you said, masculinity or the masculinity run amok. Is it true that femininity could have that same effect? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the masculine um, principle of women could have the same effect. And what happens there is we form an intention, and then we have an outcome in mind, and we embark on a path of action that to, to manifest that outcome, because that's what we do here. We create here. It's one of the things of beauty that, <clears throat> excuse me, that we get to do. We create here. And what happens is at some point along the line, that outcome becomes jeopardized. And we have a decision to make. Are we going to sacrifice our integrity, or are we going to make a turn and head in a different direction? And as you know, Pat, uh, Dr. Pat, from doing your show, at sometimes you have to make a turn and head in a different direction. And what you ended up manifesting in the end is something that was much better anyway and, than what you intended in the beginning. And so what happens is we set out with these outcomes in mind, and it doesn't matter if environmental degradation and um, people get hurt or jobs get lost or whatever the case may be, you know, or even down into our own lives, people's feelings get hurt. Um, you, you know, sooner or later, what happens is we have to make, I always tell people it's like lightning. You know, masculine energy is like lightning. And it, when lightning comes down, it doesn't come straight down and hit the earth. It jags one way and then jags the other and then jags the other, and then it's finally received by the feminine earth. And that's how we need to move with our masculine energy. We need to pause. We need to receive signs from the universe on which way we need to move. And then we move in a little bit of a different direction. We get signs from the universe to go straight ahead, and then we head in that direction. And we, when we run into resistance, we pause. We use maybe a little more of masculine energy or yang energy to see if we just need to break through. But if we don't break through, then we pause. And we always get signs from the universe on which way to go, and then we head off in that direction. And we end up creating much more in our lives, much more bliss, much more prosperity, much more work to do <laughs> um, <laughs> as a result of operating that way. You know, John, I, I, I love what you're saying. I, I think that uh, someone has had to have this conversation about uh, the sacred masculine, and and I want to be really clear. I mean, we're not talking masculine men, feminine women. I think that is probably the the greatest point of contention yeah. right there, that, that fact right there that we believe that men are masculine, women feminine, and that is not what you're talking about, is it? No, it isn't. It's, it's about our actions. The mas masculine energy is just simply intention and action. And when we're in action, the Tao says that everyone has their back to the feminine. And what that means is their arms are moving, they're doing. And when you're doing, you're using masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have an intention, in our, and then we set out on a path of action to, to manifest that intention. And as we do that, we're using masculine energy. When we surround that with the all-encompassing presence of the divine feminine, then we have sacred masculine energy. Mm. Well, thank you. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour. I'm here with John English, teacher, international speaker, entrepreneur, and shamanic healing. His book, an award-winning book, 
is uh, that that I'm I'm quite familiar with. The shift in awakening uh, is also available, and we're talking about his upcoming book, The Sacred Masculine. Uh, to find out more about John, to get in touch with him, to sit down and schedule a reading with him, www.dt, D is in dream, T is in time, publications.com. Let me ask you this question because we touched on this before, John. We touched on the medicine wheel. Yes. And I know uh, in my life, um, you, you know, medicine wheel is home for me. Uh-huh. Where does or at what point, or is there a place on the medicine wheel where the sacred masculine resides as well as the divine feminine? Actually, um, I'm so glad you asked that because that's a great way to illustrate it. You form an intention that you want to walk the medicine way, that you want to work your way through the different directions of the medicine wheel. The actual spiritual work of doing the work of the South, the work of the West, the mm. work of the North, and the work of the East, the actual intention and the action of going through the work is masculine. The medicine wheel itself is feminine. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, we get different results with different ways that we do that. I mean, you know, the walk being masculine could be with a sacred masculine walk, or it could be the masculine, as you would say, run amok. Yeah. Those will give us different, different outcomes in different positions on the wheel, correct? Yes, yeah. If we, you know, I get back to heart-centered, and what that's what the path through the medicine wheel is. It's about um, shedding your past and your programming and looking at things up close and then embracing your shadow, learning about your own darkness, um, shedding your karmic baggage and your genetic baggage, moving into mystery and the ancestors, and then walking the path of destiny. Those are all directions through the medicine wheel. And as we go through, as we go through those directions, <clears throat> we shed and remove <clears throat> the things that are causing us to move into the wrong kind of masculine energy, or we don't complete the wheel. We don't complete the wheel. That, and that leads me to, you know, this idea, and you really bring this up when you talk about the dream, and you talk about creating a new story, as you have in the shift. And that's what I would love to ask you, is if we could take a walk down the path and create the new story, the new story where the sacred masculine is honored, where people are not saying to you, John English, enough of the masculine, time for the feminine. Uh-huh. Because the feminine run amok is not going to help us either. No, because then we would never get anything done because we would always be waiting to receive. So let's create the story where there's room for the sacred masculine and the divine feminine. What does this world then become as uh-huh. we look at the, dawn, the, the new dawn what do the people, what action do they take to create this integration? Well, I think that in my dream what happens is uh, the awakening continues and people begin to honor the principle that we do not own the earth, that we inherit, you know, that we borrowed the earth from future generations. And they begin to think that we need to make some changes to really 
get, move into decision-making and action that thinks about and honors the future generations and that we become caretakers of this planet. And then our actions will be all born from the, say, from the divine feminine because we will constantly be surrounding our actions with good emotions, good, in, good intentions, and good feelings about the that we were honored with borrowing this earth from future generations and the things that we will do will change then and our priorities will change and what will become important is how is how well we can take care of this planet and how well we can take care of one another and how well we can help one another to realize that we are all individuations of the one spirit that many of us call god or the universe and can you imagine how that would change the, this world? I've got chills. Uh, I mean, the chills in just listening to that. Because, you know, the bottom line, John, who doesn't want that? I mean, you know, who doesn't want their children to wake up every day and go to school, not a school where they're afraid, not where they have to check their guns and make sure there are no guns? Uh-huh. You know, who doesn't want that? I mean, a world where you don't have to worry about whether or not your children are going to be there if you let them play in the playground. Or if you're getting on an airplane and, uh, you, and, and worrying about the person sitting next to you or the person in the back of the plane or the plane itself. I mean, we have escalated this level of, of, of toxic fear to the point where it's, it's hard for people to even trust yeah, it, their neighbor. It really is. And fear is the fuel of darkness. And when I say that, I don't mean the darkness that is the all-encompassing presence of the feminine. I mean the darkness. And it's when, for those of us that have made the journey through our fears, we realize that they are the great illusion. And um, that kind of energy is an illusion, and that is its greatest weapon. And, um, you know, that's one of the things of misguided masculine energy is misguided masculine energy uses fear to try and control other people. But it never works for long. I mean, it might work for 100 years or two. All empires have fallen, you know. Um, So that's one of the the tools that misguided uh, masculine part of us would use is fear to try and control other people. Um, you know, when you think about it, it's so ludicrous. I want to control. I want to control things so that I can cut off the flow, the immense flow that the universe has in store for me. But that's what we do every day. Every <laughs> time we try to control, you know, whether it's a controlling a conversation, whether it's controlling, you know, what parking spot our neighbor yeah. takes, uh, whether it's trying to c- control whether or not. Uh, uh, the outcome at work is going to be the way we thought when yep. actually, you know, who really is in control, John? Um, uh, <laughs> the universe. Absolutely. You know, um, I like the way the Tao puts it. The master does her work and then she steps back. There you go. And that's sacred masculine energy. We do our work and we step back and we release the outcome to the universe. And this has completely changed my life because every time I start to move off in that into just into the energy of worrying about an outcome or trying to control an outcome or everything, I get pulled back. And when I get pulled back, I laugh. The Zen laughter comes, you know? Exactly. The laughter comes. <laughs> Why would I want to? Why would I want to go into that space? But, you know, that space is there. And 
from time to time. Um, I will move into it and become concerned about outcome and all the things I have to do and the emails I have to answer and this and that and everything else. And um, then I, I get pulled back, and I think I get pulled back magically and mystically by my spirit. And that happens because I have that overall intention to be of service and to live my bliss and enjoy the beauty of being in physicality. And when I'm in stress and trying to control outcome and anxiety and everything that comes with it, I don't know about you, but I'm not enjoying the bliss. I am not having a good time. (laughs) I am not having a good time. And, uh, you know, all of this is, you know, in support of the book that you're writing. Now, tell us a little bit about the book. When when do you expect to finish it? I expect to finish it this year. Okay. Um, You know, I took September. I had September kind of blocked out to write. I had like four chapters plus a prologue and an introduction done. And I have about probably, you know, probably five or six more chapters to go and then an epilogue. But I've, it's been cooking a long time, Dr. Pat. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it has. I'm ready to roll on it and complete it. And so I expect to be really have it to the editor here in the next probably eight weeks, I would think. Well, you know, John, just listening to you, I, I, I don't think it, it really takes much insight to to really feel your energy and your passion around this. And, you know, I have got to ask you, where does the passion come from? Uh, is it, you know, are you blazing the trail? Are you looking at what's important today? Where does the passion for this topic come from? Well, and where do you want it to go? I, I think, well, I would like it to... Um... You know, I would love for it to become really widely known and and for people to look at masculine energy differently and to see that with some tweaking on our masculine, uh, the way that we do things, our actions, that we could just really, you know, change this world and, and change the earth that we're leaving to future generations. And where the passion comes from is this has completely changed my life. Mm. I don't live my life in fight or flight any longer. I don't live my life in stress and anxiety. And there's this overall all-encompassing presence around me that, and it, that, is, that is around me, that is within me, that um, knows that, that everything is okay and that the outcome is already there and guaranteed. And it's going to be more than what I would have originally anticipated or planned anyway. And that all I have to do is put one foot in front of another, like, you know, the Tao again says the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step or the right underneath your feet. And where and the other place that the passion comes from is out of the out of the feminine. It comes out of the feminine that is the darkness, the womb from which all things um, uh, come forward out. Uh, yeah, so that's where the passion comes from. Well, and that's a demonstration, really, for folks that are listening. That's a perfect example of how you, you know feminine and masculine work together to really eliminate the gap between self and spirit, because it's the gap that gets us in trouble. Yeah, it's the idea, isn't it, John, yeah. that we think that we are separate and apart from spirit. Yeah, that's that's the. That's the rub of human existence sometimes, and, you know, the more we raise our vibrational frequencies and the higher we take our levels of consciousness, that never goes away. 
And for all the listeners out there, I'd just like them to take a minute and just imagine that. Imagine that never going away. Mm. Um, never moving, you know, that it's always there. And, and that can happen when we realize that we are walking on the feminine. You know, the path up the spiritual mountain. Your action and your, your intention and action of climbing the mountain, the mountain of uh, illumination, is masculine. <clears throat> the mountain itself and the illumination are feminine. You know, they're, they're, they're more yin than they are yang. And all of this really, I mean, all of this makes a very delicious cocktail, don't you think? <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do know what you're saying, yeah. And really, that is another way to look at it. And if we were to look at, you know, if we were mixing, whether it's, you know, a batch of cookies or a favorite juice or a favorite cocktail or whatever that is that you do, you know the ingredients you want to put in there. You know how you want to experience whatever it is. Life is not any different, is it, John? No, but you've still got to put it in the oven and leave it up to it to cook it. Boy, you've got to do it. And you certainly don't want to leave the ice too long in that drink. (laughs) That doesn't work. Because, and that's another example of the feminine. You know, we do our best. We embark on the path of action. We mix the chocolate chips in there and all the ingredients. And then we put it in the oven, and she has to cook it. She has to cook it to bring it into reality. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all of this is really an invitation, isn't it? It's an invitation for our listeners, John, and and, and that's what I would like to to ask you to do. If there was an invitation that you would have uh, presented to each person listening to this show, what would it be? That invitation would be to go within themselves, and to get in touch with their, with the master within, and to get yourself w- within the pathway that the other masters have laid down for us, that those who have mastered physicality, those who have become enlightened, have laid down pathways for us, and to just set your intention to get on one of those pathways and follow it, to follow it and and call to, call to those that have, have reached the top of that mountain before to help you because once you get there to the top of that mountain and you drink from that water, the water that is the elixir of life, it's waiting for you and no one cares how you got to the top. All that they care about is that you've made it and are ready to drink. And once you taste that water, nothing else will ever matter nothing and my invitation would be my dream would be that that you would realize deep within yourself that that is possible for you that it is possible for you that you just need to choose it and decide that you're going to make it a part of your life well thank you john english what a beautiful way to end this show and uh for those of you listening i want to say ditto to that the ball is in your court This is up to each and every one of us to create the lives that we want to live. And I want to thank you, John English. Much success to you. I'm looking forward to the upcoming book, The Sacred Masculine. And for those of you that want to get a copy of The Shift, I really uh, invite you to do that. Go to www.dtpublications.com, dtpublications.com. And, John, what happens if people want to contact you for an appointment, uh, a reading, whatever it is? 
they can just kind on the they go to the author page on the DT Publications dot com website. They can get a hold of me through the email. Thank you so much, John English. Thank you all. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, wonderful, wonderful time spent with you, and it always is. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining us, and thank you all for listening to the show right here on bbsradio.com. We'll see you next week right back here. But until then, make sure that you are firm in your intention and that you honor the masculine and feminine that resides within you. Until next week, this is Dr. Pat Basile. Make yourselves a great week.